Hey all, thank you for tuning into Women Birders Happy Hour. My name is Hannah. I'm a birder, a woman, and someone that enjoys a good drink after a long day of birding. Women have been integral to birding since it started, but we haven't always been recognized for the contributions and impact we have. Men have dominated the guiding scene, festival circuit, leadership positions, and publications. And according to a U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service 2011 report, in the U.S., there were over 47 million birders. The majority of these birders are college-educated, they are white, they are women, and mostly are over the age of 55. And if you put all these factors together, we create the typical birder, a white, college-educated woman over the age of 55. And that's a demographic that I often see out birding, but I don't as frequently see as a speaker, a guide, or a sole publisher. Additionally, the voices of all women, BIPOC, and LGBTQ plus birders are not well represented in the birding voices we hear from. So I created this show to bring in more voices. Not to say that some of the regular festival keynotes aren't great, but there is room for others. And on the show, I'm asking everyday women from all walks of life to join me to discuss their experiences, their resources, and advice that they have for others. And I want you to remember that just because you may not have experienced some of these things, like sexism or gatekeeping, doesn't mean that they aren't real issues that others face. And because some of these conversations are best had over a cocktail or a mocktail, I also create a unique cocktail for each guest in case you want to mix yourself a drink and join us for this chat. If I haven't said it enough, you can bird in whichever way makes you happy and brings you joy. This featured guest said something truly insightful about not doing it if it doesn't bring you joy. And be honest with yourself. Have you ever had moments of birding that just don't bring you joy? I have. I've had many moments of birding where it just isn't enjoyable and doesn't make me happy. And in those moments, I wanted to quit. I mean, what's the point? Why am I doing this? I'm never going to be the best at it. Why should I even bother? But after separating myself away from those online chat rooms or other birders, that are the root of the lack of joy, I remember why I do it again. Because birds are amazing, they're everywhere, and they are what make it enjoyable. The featured guest for this episode was a little hesitant to join me for this show and was wondering why I would ask her out of the many women birders out there. And I believe that everyone has a story to share and I want everyone to have the chance to share it. I'm so glad that Shalini did decide to be on my show because she has so many great thoughts about birding that should be shared. There are so many incredible birds around the world, and she has been fortunate to see so many, including the Indian Pitta. Now, when she mentions this bird, I had no idea what it was, but I initially thought of ant pittas that I'd seen in Ecuador, which are pretty plain-looking birds. But after looking it up, it's anything but plain. However, I did find it interesting that the ant pittas do resemble true pittas because of their strong, long legs, very short tail, and stout bill. Anyways, back to the Indian pitta. It's a gorgeous bird with mustard yellow buffy breast and cap, a large black bill, and a black stripe across its face. It has a green back with almost an iridescent teal shoulder patch and kind of a hot pink butt. They are shy birds that stick to the undergrowth where it forages for insects on the forest floor. And they have a distinctive two-note whistling call that is typically heard at dawn and at dusk. They breed in the forests of the Himalayas, hills of western and central India, and migrate out of those areas in the winter. 
They have local names in different places in India, some of which translate to the six o'clock bird because they call it dawn and dusk, and nine colors because of their beautiful coloration. And their call has the mnemonic of come and went, come and went, I'll be complaining. When the next Buddha comes, I'll still be complaining. And that refers to a story about their dress being stolen by a peacock. So just, just an absolutely stunning bird. So here is your cocktail, the Indian Pitta. It's an ounce and a half of hypnotic, an ounce and a half of light rum, three ounces of pineapple juice, and ice. Very easy. Fill a glass with the ice, pour in the liquids, and stir. So one of the local names for an Indian Pitta is nine colors. And so I thought hypnotic would be a great liqueur to use for this because it's a compilation of a bunch of different fruit juices and flavors and alcohols. And also it has that beautiful teal color. It's like the same color as that shoulder patch on the Indian Pitta. So I you can't go wrong with that. So please grab a glass of this drink or another and join me for this chat with Shalini. Well, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Women Birders Happy Hour. Would you please tell us who you are? Um, I'm Shalini Elisheri. I'm a birder from India. I've been birding for give or take about 35 years now. Uh, I've been birding, like I said, pretty much my entire adult life. Um, it's been a hobby. It's, I was, I'm quite serious about it as a hobby. But it doesn't take up my whole life. I'm professionally, I uh, started my work uh, in IT, in computer science. I've had uh, the privilege of living and working across the globe. Um, you know, I'm much older than the average birders you'd be meeting. Um, I've lived in India, in Israel, in England, in New Zealand, um, in the US for a bit. Um, I'm married to an Israeli. I have a young son. He's just turned a teenager. Um, and they both actually are in Israel right now. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I'm not very good at talking about myself. So if you want any specific things answered, I'd be happy to answer. Okay, so how did you get started birding in the first place? So that's an interesting story. I was uh, probably 15 or 16, and uh, the school I used to go to, had some sort of a contest about conservation, about something to do with nature. I was always very passionate about it. And the first prize, I won the award that time, was actually a three-day stay in a forest. And the trip was led by some of the best um, naturalists out of Delhi at that time. And um, the award also included a bird book by Salim Ali, by Dr. Salim Ali, who, was, who is the father of ornithology in India. And they kind of introduced me to the birds, showed me how to ID them, and pretty much the passion started from there. And India, you know, is, it's amazingly blessed with a really a wide variety of birds. You have them all across the country, different areas, different uh, kinds of birds. And then, yeah, it was, it's something I've done all along, so... So, um, did your were your parents ever interested in nature? Yeah, I get it from my mom mostly. <clears throat> so, my parents are originally from a place called Kerala, which is in the south of the country, and uh, again, an amazingly blessed place. My mom's oh, my mom was always uh, interested in birds, but again, this is not 
uh, so much as you know consciously IDing them. It was just observation, noticing the differences, so on and so forth. And she passed that on to me. Um, interestingly, after I became serious about birding, so did she. So it's like um, she started birding in earnest after I became a birder. And um, she would, uh, when my father retired from service, they returned back to Kerala. That time I used to live in England. And my mom would call me up and tell me what bird she's seen. And, you know, uh, talk about definite IDs and stuff. It was, it was a nice place and a nice face of life. Well, that's yeah. really cool that that's something that you and your mom can do together. Yeah, she passed away a few years ago. So it's, yeah, both my parents passed away a few years ago. So what does a day of birding look like for you? Um, so I try and get in as much birding as I can, which means I bird almost every day. I happen to also live in a part of the country, which is uh, away from the city. I stay on a farm. And uh, the area around us doesn't have too, man too many people, too many houses. So most days in the mornings, I go out for an hour or so before I start work. And then the days that I can, I put in a, I mean, you know, um, during the summer months, uh, the sun sets fairly late. So I normally get in about an hour or so in the evening as well. And I don't have to go very far. At most, I drive, I don't know, 10 minutes out. Or I don't drive. I can just walk. And um, we have birds around us. So if I do a full day, which is most weekends, and I have friends over who are also birders like me, and then you just need to be out in the open. And we have amazing birds where I live. So, yeah. <laughs> well, stop bragging about it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I must have been very, very, very good in my life because I, when I bought the place where I live in now, I mean, uh, I don't think birds were a criteria. So it was really happenstance, and it's, it's just worked out so very well for me. So really happy about it. So in your long birding career that you've had, what sort of influences have you had? So I think the uh, starting point was probably the one that set the tone. You know, these were people who were, who were actually qualified ornithologists, but they were very gentle. So they kind of introduced me to birds without getting me too hung up about, you know, getting the ID absolutely right or uh, making sure that I've seen all aspects of it. I've ended up seeing only the male of a species sometimes, but I know I can look at a bird and even then I could place it roughly in the right family and it didn't matter. It was about looking at a bird, going back and looking at a bird book and trying to figure out what it was. And, you know, when you're relying on sight, um, you often get it wrong. And it didn't matter. Actually, it's only in the recent years that I uh, have started meeting up with more, uh, more pedantic uh, birders who are very particular about, you know, getting the name right, getting the scientific name right and stuff. And I, uh, I, I do it for the joy. I love birds. I watch them. I watch them as often as I can. And um, I think the influence really has been from people like that. Years ago, when I was working in England, I actually volunteered at the London Zoo um, for about three months. That was pretty cool. I used to go every weekend. Um, and of course, I volunteered at the birdhouse. And I actually learned a lot from them as well. It was really, they did stellar work. And it was a very nice part 
uh, of my birding career in that sense because I learned about you know the rigor and how much goes into it. I learned about migrations and then I've had the opportunity to, act to actually also travel a lot. I've seen a lot of the world though I haven't been to the north, uh, the south of the Americas or Africa which are very big for me and uh, they're on my list. Uh, one of these days I'll get there but I've, I've seen birds around the world so you know that's fun too. So since you've traveled so widely, have you noticed anything um, about birding culture as you've gone from place to place? So um, apart from my uh, Indian friends with whom I bird, I also have people in Israel I bird with. And, um, and of course, the guys in England that I associated with briefly, a little bit in New Zealand. You know, I've... Um, I've only met two kinds of birders, really. My kind, which is the people who are not so um, so specific about getting everything right, and then the real professionals. And I think both these groups are very nice. I think there's an entire breed in between. The guys who are not um, who are not. Uh, I'm a casual birder. I've been doing it all my life, but I really like to call myself a casual birder, which means wherever I am, I will see birds and I will enjoy them. Or the really serious ones who made a career out of it, right? A scientific career or academic career out of it. And they're very nice too, because uh, they're doing it because that's their passion. I think the last three or four years, I've met another group, which I think comes in the middle of these two. And I think those are the collectors. They're the ones who have lists and who, you know, like to get uh, pictures or do counts or know how many species. And uh, I'm, I'm, I don't belong to that group. I mean, you know, they, they're different. I'm not saying they're not the right kind, but they're not me and I'm not them. And I don't. So, yeah, I, I started photography. I think bird photographers are also uh, a lot of them at least come in this list. I mean, they have counts and they're very particular of what they've got. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm a reluctant photographer, even now. I do take photographs, uh, but not, uh, not so that I can, you know, have a collection of photographs, but because it's an extension of what I did. And that's it. Uh, so when you first started birding, um, were you able to find the resources that you needed to, you know, figure out where to go or bird identification? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I had friends like me who had come into birding accidentally and did it because they liked birds. So it was quite easy. All along, I mean, I, I was a high school student. I was in college. Um, I was working and I used to find people with whom I could go on bird trips. And uh, yeah, it used to be a very warm, very informal, uh, you know, there was no sense of competition. We were not tracking up lists. I didn't know. I didn't know a lot of the terms that exist. I didn't know what a lifer meant and I didn't know what uh, who a twitcher was until very, very recently. So yeah, I must have, I must have missed that entire group, I think. Yeah, and it seems to only have popped up um, only recently, like you're saying. Yeah. It's, it's like this group of people who are very excited and, and push that sort of mindset. Yeah. 
So what advice would you have for other women birders? So, yeah, I mean, I've, um, I, I, I come from a position of privilege. I think there is no doubt in my mind that I've been very, very lucky. I've been very lucky with the people I birded with in the beginning. I've been very lucky with the people I've had uh, as mentors, uh, people who, whom, with whom I could hang out with no concern for myself or uh, my safety. And I think uh, I think it's it's a real it's really a matter of shame that 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 is not there for other women birders. Uh, the first time I heard about it was really when I came onto Twitter, and I heard a lot of the Indian women birders also talk about it, saying that you know they have to figure out how it's safe or how to make sure they're safe when they go out birding. And uh, since I never faced it. I didn't give it much importance. And then recently I met uh, actually a wildlife researcher who tells me how difficult it actually is. Um, it's my advice to any, any young child in any field, which is if you're not comfortable, come out of it. If it doesn't bring you joy, stop it. Okay, um, you have to find people with whom you can go out where it, there is no element of competition. And I don't think it's got to be only women birding together. I mean, some of my best birding buddies are, are guys. Okay. But uh, again, I think it is a function of my privilege that, uh, that they know that I'm their equal, that it doesn't matter if I get an ID wrong or if they get an ID wrong. And uh, the joy never quite leaves. You know, that I think has to be the underlying thing. So I think some of it is from this organized nature of birding. I think, I think the best advice for women is to move back and do it in groups where it doesn't feel like something you have to do. It's something that you'd want to do, right? I mean, you don't, it's like going out for a movie or a dance or a party. You have to want to do it. There has to be the joy, the, the need to get up and go, and go and do this. And the minute that is in question, don't do it. The birds are not going anywhere. They're really not going anywhere. So, you know, you can find another, another time. So, okay, you will not see that one migrating bird. Is it a pity? Of course it is. How does it matter? Somebody else will see it and post a photograph. See that and enjoy it. But whatever you do, you have to make sure that you want to be there and you want to do it and not because... If you don't, you're not part of the elite club. I was part of no clubs, none. I have not registered or um, I have not participated in any organized birding ever. Okay, and, and I've done birding all my life. So how can we as more experienced birders create and be supportive of new birders and, you know, cr create a, a community where it's inclusive? Um, so it's something that I am doing now. I mean, I, I ever since I've realized uh, how lucky I've been, uh, the first thing is just encouraging uh, people. And it does. it's not a function of age or of gender for that matter. Anybody who's interested, okay, I think the best thing is kindness. When I see senior birders putting down people who get 
bird ID is wrong or something else wrong or a, a photo bad. Or, how does it matter? You know, the, the last thing you want to do is kill the spirit. Go out and do stuff. And, and I know uh, we can communicate that. So I think it is about communication. One, we must be in a place where we are listening. If somebody is complaining about something, we should be there to listen. We should hear them. We should be in a position. We may not have answers. We probably will not have answers. But the least we can do is listen. And that is very important. Okay? And, and I think then the younger birders will find their voice, especially the women. Yeah, and we're in a time where, where more and more women are finding their voice, which yeah. is great. And like you yeah. said, we need to be listening so they can feel heard. Yeah. So do you feel that you've found your place in the birding community? Um, so we've created a community in India. It's called the Indie Aves community. And this is, again, not something that was planned. When I came onto Twitter, uh, it's an online community. Uh, when I came onto Twitter got together with a bunch of other birders and it somehow happened. They're just two women in the group. The rest are all men. Uh, but all, you know, all have been birding for a very long time. Uh, I have only met one other person from the group uh, thus far because we stay all across the country. Um, I think I have found my place. But uh, I think the point to notice, it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, because I think my place is with the birds. The people are kind of, you know, incidental. It's nice to have them around, but uh, yeah, I could do without them. <laughs> so what has been your most memorable bird or birding experience? Um, you know, 35 years is a long time. <laughs> uh, okay, so the... The one that's very close to me, close to my heart, is this bird that I saw recently again. I actually got a pic of it um, called the Indian Pita. And this is the bird that my mom had called me up from Kerala to England to tell me that she'd seen it. And I didn't quite believe her because it's a wintering bird and it's, it's an amazingly beautiful bird. But um, for me to get a picture of that and to get a really good picture of that was special. Um, but yeah, again, you know, bird encounters, I saw a bird yesterday, which I hadn't seen for two years. That brings me the same amount of joy. So, um, I don't really have a favorite bird or a favorite experience. I'd, I'd really have to think very, very long and hard. And then I'd have to think about the year and where I was in my life. And, you know, it's, it's complicated. I like birds. Yeah. And I've had fun. I don't have a single bad experience. How's that? That's good. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's great. Well, thank you so much for uh, sharing your experiences with me. And is there any last thing that you'd like to say about, you know, birding that you thought about these last 35 years? Um, so for me, it's a way to really connect back with nature. Yeah. I think, um, I think hanging out with birds is the best thing you can do. If you just, if you really want to just de-stress, go and watch a bird. Um, so I've done it. it. And it doesn't matter where you are because birds are there everywhere. 
Okay, I mean, it could be a sparrow in the street or, or, or I love watching crows or, or raptors. or it, They don't have to be exotic. They could be your everyday ordinary garden birds, wherever you are. And, um, and I, think, I think it's worthwhile watching them. So, yeah, my advice is if you're not already doing it, do it. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know it's very late for you, um, but yeah. it's been so much fun to watch your Twitter feed. And I'm, if you're okay with it, I'm going to post your Twitter feed in the show notes so other pe folks can follow you as well because you've had some incredible pictures on there. Thank you. Thank you. But I, I'm still, I still think of myself as a birder and not a bird photographer. So that's, again, on the side, yeah? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And thank you, Shalini, for joining me for this episode. I really enjoyed talking with you, and I've so enjoyed uh, following you on Twitter and seeing all the interesting things that are happening in the Indian bird community. Um, of course, I'd love to get over there and participate in it at some point in time, but it's fun to watch. Um, and it was just such a joy to hear you talk about the experiences you've had and your thoughts about birding and the bird community. And thank you all for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed it and maybe learned something. Please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Music, and anywhere else you listen to me. If you'd like to connect with me on the socials, please follow me at Hannah Goes Birding on Instagram. My Twitter is at WomenBirdersHH, or you can email me at WomenBirders at gmail.com. I also have resources and information on GoBirdingPodcast.com. I hope you enjoyed this episode and I look forward to seeing you at the next happy hour.